0: Welcome to The PorchCast, the podcast where we talk about being a creative business owner and all the crazy ups and downs that go along with that. I'm your host, Kristen Sweeting, and I can't wait to get started. Well, hey, and welcome back to The PorchCast. I'm glad that you're here with us again today, and today my friend Kerr, Um, is with us talking about um, pivoting as a photographer and uh, client experience and micro weddings. And we just have a lot to talk about. So I'm really excited. Um, So Kerr is a hybrid film and digital wedding photographer in Northern Virginia and DC and travels a lot and gets to do destination weddings and all those fun, awesome things. And also does some online education for photographers. And she's super awesome. So thanks for being here, Kerr. What an intro. You are just such
1: a gem. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I was like, you did it great. Elevator pitch, done.
0: Thanks. (laughs) So we're sitting in our own homes. We're in the middle of COVID. We're talking about micro weddings, just how the world has evolved. Can you kind of give us a little intro to you and your business and and what things are looking like for you right now?
1: Sure, let's dive in. Well, as you said, in the, you know, sweatsuit, sweatshirt on, kind of like in my home office. Yep, everyone's overalls are on. Um, So as you said, yeah, I'm a hybrid film and digital wedding photographer. I've been in business for six years. And I do shoot mostly in D.C. and Northern Virginia, and um, when, you know, the world permits, I do destination weddings. Obviously, this year that has changed quite a bit, uh, and the future of travel is going to look very different, so we're all pivoting and deciding what's next for us. Um, But yeah, I think uh, in the past few years, actually, I've started to, I don't know about you, but intentionally choose to shoot locally um, because if I was doing a lot of destination weddings like a couple of years ago, that's all I was doing. I would fly in, get the rental car, stay at an Airbnb, unpack, shoot the wedding, pack up, fly home, and I was exhausted. And even if you're getting paid for the travel and maybe even a per diem, you're really worn out from these um, and you can't take on any extra work. Like I can't do an engagement or a portrait session on a Friday or Sunday because that, that time is easy for travel. Um, So now I've just really been focusing on like the DC area. So I can come home to Ben and my cats (laughs) after a long Saturday wedding. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm going. And uh, as you said, yeah, the online education has been going great. Uh, I came from an education background, which is why I kind of launched it. So
0: yeah, that's my little a little blurb. I love it. Well, I love what you said about destination weddings too, because I think for a lot of photographers, that feels like the pinnacle is like getting to travel and do weddings and be gone every weekend, and and then maybe you get there and you realize it's not as as uh, glamorous as it looks, So or like hopping on and off a plane, um, a lot of airports. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think too, if you if you book the right clients close by and they pay you well, and they tip you well, and you're happy, you can take that money and go on a vacation where you don't have to work. Um, So that's kind of been my advice to people. Uh, You can even talk to people anywhere, not in the wedding industry. My father used to travel for work. And when I was little, I thought, oh, how glamorous, how fun, like, it's Mad Men era. And he's like carrying a suitcase. And uh, no, he was always exhausted. And you know, the airport food is crappy, and you don't get time to work out or any time for yourself. So uh, yeah, I think that's definitely something to think about—is having honest conversations about what you actually like to do.
0: Yeah, totally. And the separation of of um, like having time for your own personal vacations and travel and work instead of always trying to combine things, which I did for so long, and it's like, and I'm, like you said, there's this this uh, energy to it because it's so fun to like grab your bag and go. And then you get back and you're like, okay.
1: (laughs) Sure. And I found it was really lonely. Like we're not a husband and wife team. My husband's an engineer and hates photography. So um, he never got to go with me. So this year um, and years moving forward, anytime I take on a destination project, I make sure I build in a week or two on the front end or back end. So it's an actual time to explore and experience the place that I'm in. Um, and Ben does come with me. So he's not, he's not working. He does sometimes like carry a bag or take a shot that I can't get during a ceremony or something like that. Um, but it has made my life so much more enjoyable to actually like be intentional about where I'm spending my time.
0: Totally. Yeah. So we were kind of talking a little bit before we started recording about, um, about pivoting and what that looks like for photographers right now. Have you What have you been kind of working on or what are you using this time for or encouraging photographers to do right now um as maybe we have a little bit more time on our hands (laughs) just a minute or two Uh, (laughs) um did wake up at noon today that was awesome so that's my pivot um no
1: i think just in general like all business owners have an opportunity to like take a step back and look at what their life looks like when they have more time and more space i think the world slash social media slash media in general has made us feel like we always have to be constantly launching or booking or doing all these things, um, and pulling us in all these different directions. So I think now people are having these honest conversations about what they want to do moving forward. When life gets back, do they want to jump in both feet or do they want to you know, like, as you said, the word pivot, super trendy word. Um, But personally, coming from my and my perspective, um, I've actually been doing a lot of personal work, which is strange. Um, Maybe doesn't book clients. But I think if you show your heart, and you show who you are, you're actually going to attract the people um, who would book you in the first place. So a lot of clients will reach out and say, Hey, I actually really love this that you're doing or like, Oh, I have cats too. And it can be a personal connection. So I think one thing that you can definitely be doing is like showing more of who you are and showing more of your heart and really like getting back to the creative like genesis <laughs> it sounds like super artsy but um getting back to what drew you to your work in the first place whether that's photography or painting or um so just more time to play which i think has been really cool so that's one one way i think what are what are your thoughts
0: totally no I'm all about if you are running your business from a place of like authenticity yourself and personal work but also like personal healing and personal discovery like your business will be stronger because it's coming from from you and not like kind of what everyone else is maybe telling you you should do or you're supposed to do um did you have did you ever have a moment like that I know like I feel like especially in the photography industry. I think this happens in a lot of different creative industries, but there's a lot of pressure to do a certain thing or look a certain way or follow this one example of like what you should be doing. Did you have any moment like that in your career or how have you kind of found your own voice through it all? I've always been the perfect original person.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I feel like when we all start out, um, There's always something or some influence that you find that sparks that. Oh, hey, I could do this or oh Hey, I love taking pictures I could be a photographer whether that's you know a friend in the industry or like one of the paragons of of Wedding photography and they are launching these courses or these things or XYZ is this is how you should shoot or never shoot into the sun And there's all these rules that you start to learn and the further along you get in your business You learn how to break them Um, so I, it it took me a long time to get there. And the reason that I found my way is by seeing that everybody does it different. So you fall in love with one photographer or one influence, and then you fall in love with another and you realize, Oh, these two, in my case, women, (laughs) I love women entrepreneurs. Like, Oh, these women do it differently. You know, like Emma Stone is very different than Meryl Streep. So, but both are equally awesome in their own way. So I think by, by really indulging your curiosity of what you find interesting is a good way to let yourself or allow yourself to like express your own creativity or your own thoughts. Um, and just like get off social media, get off Instagram, get off Facebook, do not look at pictures over and over and over again. One thing that really inspired me, I know I'm talking a lot. I probably (laughs) almost over. Great. Keep going. Um, I went on a all women's trip to Cuba uh, about two years ago and it was um, kind of like your Danger School vibe, like very creative space and really encouraging. Um, and not one of them was a wedding photographer, which nice. was really interesting because we all started talking about like what inspires us. And of course I was like, oh, well, I love like Jose Dia and like all of these beautiful film photographers. And they're like, who's that? <laughs> We're like, wow, you really need to stop following weddings photographers because that's all, don't you have any other creative inspiration? And I was blown. I was like, I guess I don't. So that really sparked something in me to start looking at visual artists outside of my own medium, which I thought was um, really important. I, what inspires you though? you're, I find you so creative. What are you getting into lately?
0: No, I a hundred percent agree. I cannot look at a ton of other wedding photographers work and um, it, i like there's so many beautiful beautiful wedding photographers out there and like they have amazing work but yeah i i get inspired by people and connections and real life and kind of nitty-gritty and in a lot of ways i feel like i'm like a, a rebel in the film wedding photography world because i feel like i don't really fit a mold and i'm like i'm just gonna do what i want <laughs> going to float over here and hang out with the DJ.
1: Like, see what funky dance moves come up. Um, yeah, I think it's important to have passions and hobbies. And to be honest, like, last year I really didn't have time for any um, because I took on 34 weddings, which was huge. And I didn't have a single Saturday with my husband. And when I had a Sunday, I was so beat from the Saturday that all we did was hang out on the couch and watch hours of Netflix, which there's nothing wrong with that. It just... I was beat and I didn't get to see him, which was really tough. Um, so I decided to try to pivot a little bit, um, and, you know, satiate my curiosity elsewhere. Like I know home design you're super into, and I'm super into, and like you have chickens, which I do not, (laughs) not ever getting chickens. Um, but just other things that are like driving my heart, like hiking. I never, I live in Northern Virginia and we never really went to like Shenandoah or anything. And we got to, some of those which was cool to be in nature
0: for once so yeah yeah that's awesome well and this might be like kind of a vulnerable moment because i feel like this like is more of a personal question feel free not to like answer if you don't want to
1: but open book get after
0: it so this is something that i've struggled with myself in the past and continue to work on and see a lot of other photographers too is the balance of like we love what we do so much we keep so busy with it and having like a life outside of it and kind of maintaining that like push and pull of like, I love this, but I also want to prioritize my life. Like, was that, is that kind of what you were talking about, about being like, let's, let's do some things that are fun and set aside some weekends just for us. Or like, what does that look like for you? And like, no- exactly what I was talking about. I have no friends. <laughs> that's,
1: that's extreme. Um, yeah. I <laughs> It's so it's hard like, <laughs> for yourself. Like this is my office. I don't get to go in and like complain about the boss or like go to like group happy hours. Like this is it. And it's hard to make really good connections of other photographers in your area because it is community over competition, but there is some weirdness of, oh, we were talking to the same client and she went with you over me or vice versa. Or, oh, you you launched your courses. Now I feel this pressure that I'm supposed to launch mine. So like, it is hard in this world of like comparison to not drink that Kool-Aid. So yeah, I think, and I was so, when you start out, you're so in it, right? That's all you ever want to do. You want to just like network and be around the same type of people and you don't care if you're losing out on, because what are you doing? Not going to a bar and you're making money and furthering your career, amazing. But at some point you have to think about like your family and what's actually, if you're giving too much to your clients or giving too much to your work, how are you outside of that? If it all stops, if COVID happens and you can't shoot another wedding for three months or six months or two years or whatever it happens to be, like, who are you outside of that? And I was very much ignoring that. Um, so and it, it's still a work in progress. I'm not perfect. Like maybe when this all goes away, I'm going to jump back into weddings and completely forget that I like to hike. You never know. Um, but it's gentle reminders that I think are important to uh, give yourself some grace and try to take some time off, I think.
0: Totally. Yeah. I definitely relate of like, Oh, what am I, what, what am I prioritizing when I'm not hustling or just like, you know, so finding ways to, to preserve some weekends or building a, you know, building a business that has more free time built in something I've been working on the last couple of years, but yeah, still definitely a work in progress. Cause it's like, Oh, but I love it. It's fun. Let's I keep know. Working. It's so <laughs>
1: addicting. Like, can I just take two more? I'll do a triple header. It's fine. But I also think if you do that, you're going to work for shorter. I think you're going to burn out because you get so tired and you burn so bright that you. I've seen so many beautiful, talented, lovely wedding photographers quit in the last two years just because they're over it. They're like, I'm writing my memoir. I'm done. We're like, I don't want to work for eight hours on a Saturday and like come home sunburnt and dehydrated and or I don't want to miss my kid's soccer game. Like that is more important than this. So they'll pivot <laughs> buzzword <laughs> um, to something else. So I don't think I'll ever fall out of love with weddings. I don't think you will either, but I do think less and then supplementing with other types of love. So family portraiture, newborns is really exciting. I have an in-home studio as you do too, which is awesome. Um, so you can like play around with those little loveys, and that's super creative and fun. And Sometimes those are past clients, so you get to, like, continue their story, which I think is really cool. Yeah, and then, like, there's so many other genres of photography out there that you could experience and, you know, maybe take on starting with this month.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, I, I, um, did you ever do anything before weddings? Like, for a while, I did, like, commercial photography and musicians, and it was, like, real different than, like, what I do now, (laughs) like, it's kind of gritty and, like, had some I like showed up at some musician musicians' houses and like, you know, just pulled them out of bed and did some music shoots, you know, like <laughs> so incredible. incredible.
1: No, when I was in high school I wanted to be like a roadie. I wanted to like go on tour with bands and like be their publicist and take pictures don't love that would would die on a tour bus actually Um, but no before my life as a photographer I was a teacher I taught fifth and sixth grade um and then I taught uh kids to use cameras in Africa for a summer and that was like the absolute best so anytime I was wielding a camera before this was with like kids and as an educational tool less so of like a monetary thing but yeah, I don't know. I think my second favorite genre is boudoir um, because it can be so powerful and it can, like, change people's lives and the way that they see themselves. And you get to make people feel beautiful. Um, and also selfishly, I don't have to leave my home, which is really nice. Yeah. We uh, come over, we have champagne, we play some French music, I take pictures, I make them feel confident. And it's, like, it's great. Uh, I get to do pretty things. Sometimes there's veils involved and, like, lacy things. So... I would say like that's my second phase for sure.
0: I love that. Yeah, I relate I relate to that too cuz you're like, "Oh, I can just make my house all pretty and it's the best. Don't have to go anywhere." And I think when you, like you, I know you love your space too. And you're just like, I just want to stay here. It's so great.
1: <laughs> and I have a separate entrance to it, but I typically like to bring my clients through my house. Cause I'm like, come look at all the things. <laughs> like, this is my gallery wall of all my like people. Um, so yeah, the space thing is really cool. It's like creating a, an experience, if, if you will.
0: Exactly. Well, and taking that and jumping into the conversation that, that we've had a lot before just about how important client relationships are and client experience and creating something memorable for people. Um, I think a lot of times that's something that um, a lot of business owners skip over or don't realize the power of or the um, like the way that you can really connect so deeply with people when you're intentional. And I think you do that so well. So I'm excited to hear um, kind of what that looks like for you and how you've created such brand loyalty and like loyalty in your in your clients. Um, yeah, just was it something that came naturally to you, or is it something that just keeps evolving? Talk to me about your client experience.
1: Client experience. Um, Okay. So it starts with the fact that I am extremely extroverted. Um, Not saying that introverts can't do this. You totally can, but I have very little social boundaries. (laughs) Like I'll just ask for things that I want or tell people exactly what I'm thinking without worrying about how it comes off, which can be a good or a bad thing. So I'm very, I'm very similar with my clients. So from day one, I'll do like a FaceTime meeting. I used to meet them in person, but Again, that was taxing on my personal time and taxing on my relationships um, with myself and my my husband. So we meet FaceTime and then I just kind of explain what I'm about and who I am. And we get this like really long talk about how they met, how they fell in love. Um, So it's really like starting from day one, like building their story about who they are and how they relate to me in some way. Um, If I know they have like cats, my cat will crawl up on my lap. And if they've got dogs, I'll be like, I'm a dog person too. So it's all about starting out with, like a genuine connection. Um, And then from there, I tend to, I would say, like, spoil them a little. I know a lot of clients or, you know, photographers and other people in different businesses spoil their clients with gifts. So I'll do a welcome gift, um, like a little guide in there. uh, And then I will continue the conversation however they like to be spoken to or reached out to. So if they're email people, strictly email. If they're text people, I will text and I will call and I will... So again, very little boundaries. I'm not saying that this is how everyone should do it because some people have office hours, which is an extremely healthy thing. Uh, But for me, I know as a client of photographers myself, as somebody who has purchased photography or purchased even like backyard contracting, I have my ways like, if you don't email me, I don't want to text, but I know how important that is. So everybody's the same way. Find out what their preferred method of communication is and use that. And then I also engage with them on their platforms of choice, like if they're huge Facebook people or Pinterest people or Instagram people, like I will follow them genuinely out of interest. So it's not playing some kind of skeezy game where I want to, you know, up my cred and follow all their friends and get all their friends to book me too. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just like generally curious about what's important to them and how they live their life leading up to their wedding. Sometimes I'll see a sign that they spent hours on. And then in my head, I'm like, okay, cool. I know I need to find that or mention it or photograph it in some way that's special to them. So that would be the second thing. And then the third thing is just be the hardest working person in the room, which I'm sure you do as well on your wedding days, but either at an engagement session or a wedding or a boudoir session, I'm always like, over serving, so I'm constantly getting the room cocktails on wedding day, which is like crazy. That I'm doing that, but they don't have something in their hand. I'm like, oh, do you want your signature drink? Or oh, can I get some help for your mom? She seems to be like struggling. So it's not just about doing the job that you're expected to do. It's about doing the unexpected job. So that's those are all my secrets.
0: <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it because I think a lot of times people don't think about how meaningful those little touch points are and that like communicating just a little bit more or um remembering someone's pet's name like how just important those little things are to people and make such a big difference and I like use this example a lot because I love my um my hairdresser so much, and I swear, I mean, Mary, if you're listening to this, you're amazing. Shout out to Mary. <laughs> Shout out to Mary. I think she keeps notes on me, because I'll only go and get my haircut a couple of times a year. She remembers, like, my kid's name, and my boyfriend's name, and, like, all these different details about me, and I'm like, it's genius, and so I, I do the same thing, too, because I'm like, she makes me feel so special. I don't even care if she keeps notes on me, because it feels so great to be remembered, so I, like, kind of stole that from her and I keep notes on people because I'm like, it makes a big difference when you know someone's name and you know what's important to them, you know? 100 percent The two things that reminds me of is before every wedding
1: I sit in the car and I remember as many family members as I can. Like I'll look over that family formal list and I'm like, okay, Deborah and Jean. Deborah and Jean. (laughs) I'm like where how can I remember that? Because I'm terrible with names, honestly, and it's like probably my biggest flaw. Well, I have many more, but that's one that I really dislike. Yeah. So remembering names, super, super important. Uh, and then you should also take note. I love that you said hairdresser because mine's my dentist, that man, he just, anytime I come in there, he's complimenting my outfit. Last time he took a picture of me because I had been there for five years and I had moved different neighborhoods and I was like, I still come in to see you gave me like a t-shirt, like weird thing. So if you have an experience or like a service industry experience that you love, you should definitely think about why you loved it and then incorporate that into something that you want to bring to your own clients.
0: Yeah, totally. No, I love that you mentioned the thing about remembering people's names because I I do that too. I get the family list and I like memorize names and like there is a there was a wedding a while ago and this was this was when before I had better boundaries. I had like booked a wedding in North Carolina that I thought was in a certain city actually in a different city so I was going to fly there and then the like week of the wedding I realized it wasn't in the city I thought and so I drove there and then the next day I was supposed to fly out of this other city to go and shoot a wedding in Paris and so I finished the wedding at like midnight and drove like three hours to the airport city to then fly out so anyway I was like Kind of, I I was like, I'm still gonna kill this wedding. I'm gonna like know everyone's names, even though it's like kind of a weird hard day. And it got to the end of the night, and the father of the bride, who I thought had not liked me at all, like comes up to me, gives me a big tip, and he was like, "Thanks for knowing our names." Like that meant to really that meant a lot that you didn't just call me dad all day. And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> I did it." <laughs> yes.
1: Um, yeah, no, it makes a huge difference for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and I think that we get, people can get, um, overwhelmed thinking about like, I need to buy all these like really expensive gifts for them. And like, really, it's okay if it's just something simple.
1: Oh, mine's so simple. So I had 13 reschedules so far, which is insane. Um, and I've sent those clients the love languages book. (laughs) Um, because I just, I, I really want them to know that I'm thinking about them on their wedding day, but I don't have, I mean, sending a giant care package again, after I've already sent them a package <laughs> the first time and the fact that it's 13. So if I'm spending a hundred dollars for package and I'm losing a ton of money on business wise right now, which I'm sure we all are, it just, it would have been way too steep for me to do and kind of a, a decision from my heart and not a decision from, you know, my wallet, which both of those things need to sometimes meet in the middle. Um, so I sent them a small book and it's just a little, it doesn't have to be, you know, custom champagne bottles or like <laughs> tickets to the, you know, new musical that's happening in their city or whatever. Um, so yeah, just small, small stuff. I think we'll be like, Oh wow. She like remembered or thought about it, which is cool.
0: Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. And speaking of, reschedules and life looking different right now and the wedding industry looking different. Um, what are, what are some things you're doing right now to, um, I don't know, what are some things you're thinking about as stuff is kind of moving around and looking different and the next couple of years might look pretty different for our industry. Anything that you're, um, I know you've had, you've talked a little bit about micro weddings. I'm excited to hear more about your thoughts on that. (laughs) Sure. One thing that I want to say that I do think, I mean, I'm not, I can't see
1: into the future. I don't think the big wedding will ever go away permanently. I think we will see a switch in our industry in this next year because people, different States have different rules and people are more, you know, worried about loved ones or people have people traveling, traveling in. So I do think the industry is going to see a shift this year and, you know, maybe in the couple of years to come, but I think big weddings are here to stay. Um, they're yeah. going to want you know it's just tradition it's classic it's, oh,
0: yeah.
1: um but this when year
0: do, you to do that you know like when else do you get to have a big party like that 100 percent. you want to
1: see your like college best friend and your middle school best friend like have a drink at the bar for sure but i do think micro weddings is like a super trendy term it's an intimate wedding which is not new right we're just calling it micro weddings because <laughs> that's it's the new trendy thing to do um and then some people are actually calling them elopements which is funny because elopements are like two people running off to get married in secret so obviously you can't plan an elopement months in advance so anyways micro weddings um i do think are going to be a big thing in 2020 especially considering phase 2 is like 50 people max um so i think even after phase 1 and then phase 2 maybe 10 people and then 50 people is kind of the next step up so i don't know if we're going to see 300 person weddings you know, this year. I, I'm hoping for it. I still have people holding out hope and we don't know what fall's going to look like. Maybe we can get a vaccine and all of this will be just kind of like a weird memory. But yeah, I think cu- couples are going to have to make the decision whether or not they want to celebrate twice, once with an intimate ceremony on their original date and then again later with a big sparray or make the decision, hey, we're just going to cut to 50 people, do this thing once and celebrate it. And then the last option is celebrate it once <laughs> in the future, potentially with the big soiree, maybe in 2021 or fall of 2020. So I think those are kind of the three realities that we're all facing. I don't know. What are you seeing?
0: Yeah, I, I still have some big weddings planned for the late summer, fall. Um, but a lot of people are moving to next year, especially if they're in the Northeast. So a lot of, a lot of weddings moving, but... But I don't know if you saw this, even before all this happened, a lot of my couples, because a lot of my couples have like 500 person weddings. So like, before they were still getting married before their wedding, a lot of times, like going and whether if it's a destination wedding, it makes sense, because sometimes you can't legally actually get married in another country. Um, so you like get married here, and then you go and you have your wedding, and it's a bigger wedding. um. Or even ones here in the states, like my couples would go to the courthouse and get married with like five people, and then that weekend have their big wedding, or a couple weeks later have their big wedding. So I I like that option of you know celebrating now and getting married and moving, continuing to move your life along, but then also being like, we're still going to have a big wedding. It's going to be great. For sure.
1: Yeah. I'm a big, I love celebration. So any reason to celebrate, I'm like, yes, have 10 weddings if you want to, like get your party on girl. I do not care. And then for me personally, in the DC area, we have a lot of military couples. So a lot of people will do the small elopement or a courthouse ceremony because they want to know where their partner is being deployed because then they get certain privileges. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've seen it for years. So it's just funny that people are like, "Oh, you're a micro wedding expert." I'm like, I guess, <laughs> like, I guess I've been doing this for years, but it it just doesn't seem new to me. I think people are just shedding the light on it, so yeah, people can know now that they have option. But I think the industry wants to constantly feed this idea or this dream of the big wedding because it is good for business for sure. Um, I did not have a I don't know 500 people. <laughs> so I didn't have a 500 person wedding, but I still had like 150, and I I would have. I think I would have stayed the course and celebrated twice if if this had been my year.
0: Yeah, totally. No, and I think that that's, that's what I like about getting married in this modern age is there's so many options. You can have a three day wedding, you can have three different weddings, you can, you know, there's, there's so many options. And I think that's so cool. And even when I think about like, what do me and Andrew get married someday? What do we do? I'm like, I'm definitely going to have three weddings. Just, you know, putting it out there. <laughs> Why not? A pantsuit, an overall, and a dress. Like, done. Way too many outfits that I want to wear to not have multiple weddings. Let's be honest. <laughs> I love it. It's the dream, for sure.
1: I mean, that's with Ben and me. I'm like, okay, so our 10-year vow renewal. This is plan A. This is what we're going to do. Every 10 years, we had to have a party. Sure, I definitely support that. <laughs> amazing yeah so we'll see I just think um the one thing I keep thinking about is the future of travel I saw this Forbes article the other day that said no carry-ons like for the next year
0: oh interesting
1: yeah because it it eliminates so many people like touching things putting things in the upper bin so it's like low contact travel so it's very interesting especially because I don't I mean you do destinations all the time I don't check my camera equipment um (laughs) I'm yeah. <laughs> not sending my $3,000 camera through, <laughs> you know, a bag that somebody's going to like chuck on a conveyor belt. So we might all just be wearing our whole fasts. <laughs> Don't no carry on, but
0: off my cameras on. <laughs> here's my personal item. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. I'm not putting that underneath the plane. Thank you. i exactly. on my body. <laughs>
1: yeah, I will wear this. Thank you. <laughs> so TBD, we'll, we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, and on the business side of things, what are some things that you're working on now to, um, you know, protect your business or to, you know, help it still grow in the midst of kind of some uncertainty? Are there things that you're really spending more time on or, um, I don't know, marketing things that you're trying that you maybe didn't before? Any kind of tips that you've been like, this is where I'm leaning right now. Yes. So for everybody,
1: I will say the number one thing that built my business, and I will talk about this whoever wants to know, they're like, oh, how are you doing anything that is successful? Like, Networking is the number one way <laughs> I build my business. So doing honestly stuff like this, like jumping on podcasts or seeing if people want to collaborate. Tomorrow I'm doing a live with a wedding venue in my area. Um, and then I'm doing like an interview with Kirk Mastin. So just things that like you can reach out to the people in your community to see if you can provide content or assistance or something that helps you collaborate um and again this is not trying to tell people to be skeezy or come from a place that's inauthentic if you're not interested or if you are not friends with these people and you don't want to spend time with them like obviously don't reach out but I had like a florist and a planner come over and we did a tablescape and it was all six feet apart and so I, there's just so many things you can create from you know your own collaboration with people in your area or you can hop online and see like who wants to do a live or who wants to co-launch something with you um and then online ed and youtubes and podcasts like think of think of things that you can launch that are digital that you think would be a good resource for people um that align with your interests that would that's probably like my biggest piece of advice yeah
0: i love that yeah and i love it because it's it's focused on communities and serving communities and serving your peers and, um, helping people too, while you're also growing your business. So I love that. And being able to pour back into people, um, in the middle of this, or really like anytime the rules still apply, you know, a lot of times people are like, this is so unique. I'm like, it's not really." I mean, like the same rules apply, like be kind Give a lot of good things away, you know, like support other people. Like it, that stuff comes back. 100. percent
1: There was a day where I was feeling super low um, because you know we're all having ups and downs and pretty manic at the point of this type of quarantine. Uh, so I did like a day of giving, which it, it could be financially or it could be otherwise. So I left a bunch of my photographer friends reviews on WeddingWire or Facebook or Instagram, and then I like bought things from small businesses, like prints or you know just. Little small things like that, or just shouted out like my favorite sushi restaurant on my Instagram. So, anyone that I thought of that day that I was like very probably struggling, or I wonder if they're having a bad day or a, a hard time of it. Um, I ordered like faux florals from A Floral, who I love, and did this like whole design bouquet thing. Um, so, yeah, I think like giving back is it makes you feel good, it makes others feel good, and philanthropy it makes you a better entrepreneur. So, if you give more you're gonna get more in
0: the end, so. Totally, definitely agree. And I love that idea of like going through and leaving reviews for friends and just being like, they're awesome. Like, cause because I do think, you know, um, the discouraged place I know a lot of people are in, like if you can do anything to try to lift people out of that, like, I think we'll, we all will rise up stronger together, you know, like <laughs> as things kind of evolve past, past this, whatever it is. <laughs>
1: Are there any like local businesses near you that you're you've been like super into or supporting or even if it's like food it can be anything
0: yeah no we've been trying to order out a lot like support local restaurants I live in a tiny town so I can walk to we usually will walk to little restaurants on the square which a lot of them have been closed but we can order takeout or pick up um the little coffee shop down the street just opened back up so we're in there all the time supporting them um but yeah I love the I love the idea of people getting gift cards and um you know reaching out and just um giving local gifts instead of big corporate gifts
1: sure I've seen a lot of photographers offering gift cards like if you book now you can do your portrait session later Um, and then print shops. So I've been like buying art from all my friends. And now my whole house, people are gonna be like, Oh, that's a beautiful picture. Did you take that? I'm like, No, actually, (laughs) this is one of my girlfriends. Yeah, sorry,
0: Not mine. Yeah, well, another thing on the photography note that, that I've been trying is, um, and I was doing this before too, but doing custom art pieces for people like photography, that's more abstract or like travel and so kind of like looking at their room and picking out something that would work for them um yeah there's this really cool app though let me I'll find the name of it it's like art rooms and so you can see what art looks like in someone's room so you can be like this photo there
1: that looks awesome
0: I love that
1: I've found that all my wedding planner friends are very talented at this. Like, surprise, surprise. <laughs> I was like, I should not be shocked that they do design, and now they're like, oh, this is what you should do with your guest room. So, I've been doing um, molding, like very fancy French molding in my guest room that I've been sawing myself. Who knew your girl could saw? I did not. <laughs> And it looks great. Uh, I don't think... I mean, obviously, people can't see this that are listening. But I... Who is that? Frenchy boxes. And then I'm going to do crown molding all the way around. And then I'm going to turn it into a second shooting space so I can deduct everything as a business expense.
0: You are so smart. And also, that looks like a Parisian apartment. And I... I'm going to make you come here and do that in my house too (laughs) oh my gosh not enough money in the world it took me a million years to do this I was like cursing definitely
1: like cuts and glue all over my hand it's fine but yeah I was again just looking at things that I was inspired by either like travel like things or just talking to my planner friends about design in their home they're like oh you really love like Frenchy type like Victorian-esque um design so why don't you do like molding uh and I decided oh yeah I guess I don't have to be in like Versailles I own this house I can do whatever I want
0: so COVID creations (laughs) love it you know because I think we we um don't give ourselves enough credit that when we're surrounded by things that are inspiring we do inspiring things like we have creative things in our space and we're inspired by the the place we are or the people we're around like Cool stuff happens, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, girl. I think that's one of my like adult epiphanies that I had. I have a girlfriend who loves like cool Airbnbs and and chic hotels. And I've always been like travel on a budget type girl because I don't come from much. So I'm like, oh, this hotel is like $10 a night. Let's stay here. (laughs) She's like, you're going to get that. She's like, why don't we splurge for a little bit of like this extra fancy? I'm like, we're never going to be in the hotel. So like, why are we doing that? But so she started to convince me and it has changed the way that I travel. Let me tell you, when I arrive, I'm like, oh, okay, here's the hot tub. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Makes the whole trip better. Even if it's just a bed to sleep in, like you are more inspired and you'll remember the trip better because you're in, you're living in the space created by the people of the space.
0: Does that make sense? Totally. I'm so sorry. My dog is chasing my chickens. I, I don't even know where I am anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Far, <girl. laughs> All right. <laughs> what is happening in my life? I'm not sure. Um, no, but I 100% agree. I think I used to be like, oh no, and I still, I mean, I still do this to a degree. It's like live, live on less than you make, and like you know, save or go and do experiences and travel. But now I'm also now I'm also realizing how much of a difference it makes to be in a place that's inspiring to you, not just to your business though. Like the way you act, the way you treat yourself, the way you you know present yourself to the world it's more, it's more like psychological than just, you know, having stuff.
1: 100%. I agree with that. Yeah. I can't wait to get back out there. My, so my husband actually works for hotels. He works for Hilton. Um, and it's been very interesting to see how they operate as a business, like the backend, because he does like data and statistics uh, versus how like I, as a one woman band <laughs> operate, um, even even by the fact that they charge more for premium dates, which is something that like a lot of photographers don't do. So if you're likely to book that date, you can charge more because you're gonna get more inquiries. It's the same way in hotels. Like for the July weekend, the hotels can be more expensive than say like a random December Thursday. So
0: do you do that for your wedding? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I I thought about that for um for holidays, because it's like, do I, you know. Really want to book this holiday, you know? I know,
1: I'm just standard. Yeah, do I or don't I? Um, yeah, I mean, photographers do it too, like a Thursday or Sunday discount because you know I can go home and spend the weekend with Ben if I shoot on a Thursday and then I'm done, which is great. Um, so yeah, I'm not charging like in a COVID goggles on um, when my couples are rebooking. I'm not charging them a rebooking fee for 2020 and for 2021 if they choose a thursday friday or sunday i can i will waive the rebooking fees but for prime saturday you know i'm likely to turn away new business for that so yeah it's just been wild seeing like how hotels are pivoting and they talk about airbnb all the time like how that's taking a chunk of their market so it's all fascinating and you can learn so much business from other businesses so don't just listen to other photographers (laughs) for the people in the back <laughs> you can learn other business tips from
0: other people <laughs> yes <laughs> what a world crazy <laughs> I actually think you learn more looking outside your industry than in your industry a lot of times because in the same industry you just hear the same things over and over and you can you know have a different take on it when you look outside of it
1: Yeah. Like I want to steal stuff from like restaurants and like brilliant billionaires that run tech companies. Like that's what I want to hear. (laughs) Give me those TED Talks, please.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. And on that note, is there anything like that's been super inspiring to you lately? Anything that you're really excited about you want to share about? Oh,
1: uh, let me shout out. Uh, Let me think inspiring me. I mean, really, honestly, this is gonna sound so cheesy, but the weather has been amazing right now. And I'm from Florida. So I'm always depressed in the wintertime when I'm living in Northern Virginia, because this is where my husband's from. Um, But just running outside and being outside has really gotten me like jazzed and inspired. Um, I guess I will shout out that I did launch my online education, which is awesome. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: so yeah. And you can learn there's a business course and a, a photography course. So whether or not you want to grow your business or whether or not you want to learn photography, you've got kind of two options there. So yeah, that's, on my website, slash education and that's it. That's that's what I'm jazzed about this I month.
0: It. Congratulations on that, by the way. I know how much work goes into creating something like an online course or a program. It's a lot of a lot of uh, uh, nights where you're staying up late, and you know a lot of frustrated hours of looking at your own face <laughs> and hearing your own voice.
1: Not the most fun project I've taken on, but I'm very proud of it. And I hope that it's helpful for people, which is like the main point.
0: Amazing. Yeah, no, totally. And I think you get used to, you get used to seeing yourself on video or hearing your own voice. Even the other day I was like, you know, I used to hate my own voice and then I started podcasting and now I think I just am used to it. So I'm fine with it now. <laughs> just over it. Yeah. i um, That's how I sound. Everyone
1: hates the sound of their own voice, though. So I'm like, you know, as long as other people don't hear what I'm hearing, it's cool.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. And on that note, how can people find you? How can they connect with you on Instagram or social media? Where do you hang out most online? Great. Um, I am mostly on Instagram, Insta. um,
1: And then I am Kerr, the number two, and Ben. K-I-R, two, and then B-E-N. And that's all of my stuff, like Facebook, I don't really tweet, but if you want to find me there, <laughs> you can holler at me. Uh, and then my website, same thing. Yeah. So it's just all, all the same and spelled with a number. So people don't misspell it. That's, that's me.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I love the, the cur two in with the two. It's awesome.
1: It's, it's, so it was our wedding hashtag. Isn't that funny? That's yeah. Awesome. Like, uh, so this is so cheesy, but when American Idol was hot, it was like Justin Two Kelly and Ben's last name is Tubin, and his, I'm like, oh, gosh, we have to do this, Kerr, too bad. So whatever. Yeah, and now it's stuck, and I'm here forever.
0: <laughs> I love it. The longest-lasting wedding hashtag, here for it. Forever. <laughs> forever and ever. It's a brand. Well, thank you so much for being on the Porchcast. I love talking about all the things with you, and just can't wait to see what the, what the summer looks like for Kerr. Oh, I can't wait either.
1: And you're such a gem. Thanks for having me. You're welcome.